It is so quiet right now. What is wrong with you people? It is cold, right? I mean, I'm just saying, from my own personal expert view, if you have ever made a statement that included when hell freezes over, you might want to go back and see what it is you were agreeing to. I'm just saying, double check. Uh, so here we are. It's the 12th of January. We are not yet full two weeks into 2020, which means we are still within acceptable guidelines for a New Year's message. Um, and there's like a 2020 chance it'll have a 2020 reference in it. There was one. Okay. Um, New Year, right? How many, how many of people just get like so jazzed for New Year? Two, two, three, four. Okay, so there's some out there. And it's cool because the New Year, it provides that boundary that, that you know, that we can see a, a distinction between the past and the future. You know, you don't really get that in, in the boundary between Wednesday and Thursday. It just sort of rolls. But with the new year, and, and you, can, you can look back on the past year, a significant chunk of time, and you can look forward to the new year, a significant chunk of time. And that's when, when we start making these plans or or resolutions, all the resolutions. Anybody make New Year's resolutions this year? One person. Two people. Okay. Is anybody still successful in your New Year's resolutions? One person. Okay. That's why nobody makes New Year's resolutions anymore. And I've said before, I don't make New Year's resolutions because... What is that even, what is a resolution? I resolve to do this going forward. You know what? Governments make resolutions all the time. And the Lord saith. Um, and, you know, resolution is just such a weird word. It doesn't really mean thing. And because it doesn't really mean anything concrete, we can sort of, eh, well, it was, it was just a resolution. I, in the last several years, have uh, tried to make it a practice that going into the new year, you get that, that weird, like, there's like a weird week and a half, two-week period that starts the day after Christmas, where just like all of time and space just gets weird. You're like, you can't really identify what day it is or what time it is, and it's just, you're like in this weird Doctor Who vortex of swirling lights and colors and um, but that's a great time to get stuff done. It's a great time to look uh, at the past year and, and hopefully the goals you made and, and start to say, okay, okay, let me, let me take stock. Let me evaluate how I did on my goals. And going forward, you can say, okay, what are my goals for the new year? What is it I want to achieve? Because that's how, that's how we should look going into the new year. What is it I want to achieve this year? And, uh, and there's, all kinds of, there's all kinds of standard goals going into the new year. What's, what's one thing everybody wants to do going into the new year? Lose, like in unison, lose weight. Everybody wants to lose weight and go into the new year. And the gyms know this. And that's why, 
like starting on the 26th of December, you were just bombarded with commercials for gym membership. And gyms love it when you sign up at this time of the year because they know they just made their entire operating budget for the next year and they don't have to do anything. Because by like the third week of January, your resolutions have caved. And so the, like January 2nd, the gym is packed. January 28th, there's 12 people in there. Uh, what's another thing everybody wants to do going into the new year? I heard some. Yes, every, I'm going to be better with money this year. This is the year I get out of debt. This is the year I get financially stable. This is the year I make, I make smart money moves. And so there's, there's all these things we want to do. And spiritually speaking, New Year is a time when a lot of people start to, how can I, my spiritual life, you know what, this year I need, to, I need to pray more. This year I need to read my Bible more. And unfortunately, spiritual resolutions are no more successful than any other resolution. And, and the reason resolutions tend to fail is because if you want to make these changes, you, you, you go into the new year and you're going, new year, new you. This year, I am going to become a new person. This year, I am going to become a better person. And we set all these ways we're going to do that, but that can't happen unless our thinking changes. You can't be a new you and think the same way old you did. Mark Twain wrote, what a wee little part of a person's life are his acts and his words. His real life is led in his head and is known to none but himself. All day long, the mill of his brain is grinding and his thoughts, not those other things, are his history. Who you are and what you do is contained in here, not by what you say you're going to do, not by what you intend to do, not by what you mean to do, by what your thoughts compel you to do. And you can't change who you are without changing your mind. Um, you know, Mark Twain's point here was actually, I think he's paraphrasing Jesus, because it sounds kind of similar. In Mark, Jesus says, In Mark, Jesus says, and he, being Jesus, said, what comes out of a person is what defines him. For from within, out of the heart of man, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and they defile a person. Jesus had just been having a conversation about, about what it is appropriate to eat or not eat. Uh, and essentially he said, not to be indelicate, but what you eat or don't eat really doesn't matter. Because everything you eat and doesn't eat does not stay with you. Right? Garbage in, garbage out. What defiles you? What, what, what 
debases you as a person is all contained in here. And see, see, in, in church life, we talk, we talk about sin, and we talk about the things we shouldn't do, and, and the behaviors and the things we should abstain from. But, but all those things, all sinful activity, that whole list that Jesus just gave us, are all byproducts. They're all end results of a process that's going on in here. And so oftentimes in Christian life, we, we, we resolve, oh, you know what, this, this sinful part of my life, I'm going to change. I'm going to stop doing this thing. I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm telling myself I'm not going to do this. And you can tell yourself all day long you're not going to do this. But unless the thought process that produces that action, that produces that sin, changes, you're going to continue to do it. So if you want to be, and, and conversely, on the other side, you know what, this year I'm going to start doing this. I'm going to start reading my Bible. I'm going to start going to church regularly. I'm going to start praying more. I'm going to start whatever. You can have the best intentions of the world, but your intentions are not going to get you where you want to go. You have to change your thought process. In Romans, Paul wrote, Paul wrote, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Okay, so there's one way the world acts, and then there's the way that we as Christ followers should act. Two completely distinct models of life. Don't be conformed to this. Don't give in to this over here. Don't accept that the way the world thinks and does things and behaves and their attitudes and their opinions is the way you have to live your life. Don't give in to that. But be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That is, by testing, you may discern what is the will of God and what is good and what is acceptable. If you want to live this new life, if you want to become a new you, Whatever it is that you look at going into the new year that you say, this year I'm going to be a different person. This year I'm going to change. This year I'm going to be better. This year I'm going to fill in the blank. You have to change how you think first. See, going into the new year, that, that December 26th, they start rolling out those ads for, for gym membership. And everybody says, oh, you know what? This year I'm joining the gym because I'm going to, I'm going to become a better me. I'm going to get in shape. Saying that doesn't get it done. Intending to become a better person in better shape doesn't get it done. And until you change your mindset, until the reality that I am going to change my physical condition becomes a reality and becomes a driving force in here, it's not going to happen out here. And that means retraining your brain that when the alarm goes off at 6 o'clock or 7 o'clock to tell you to get your butt up out of bed and go to the gym, you get up out of bed and go to the gym, not hit the snooze and roll over. When, when you're at the office and somebody brought in the tray of fill in the blank, you can have the best intentions of the world. And your attention's being absolutely bubkiss as you're cramming whatever it is into your face. Well, you know, I meant to do better, but you didn't. And until you resolve your mind, until you make your mind 
stronger than your body, you will not change. And this is what Jesus, what Paul is telling us. Until you change your thought processes, you cannot change who you are. I, I like watching all kinds of reality. Not like reality, like the Bachelor reality, the Survivor reality, because that's not reality, but like documentary series stuff, um, cop stuff. And, um, and I've seen lots of stuff that, you know what? You can do your body physically will do anything your mind will make it do. Your body is capable of amazing things if your mind is strong enough to make it do it. And so whether it be uh, physical changes or, or habits or your spiritual life, if you want to change, you got to start with your mindset. See, Jesus' interactions with people, I was just thinking, this just came to me. This may be completely off base. I don't think it is, but I've been thinking about it for about 12 minutes. So, Jesus' interactions with people that were not the boys came down to kind of two distinct interactions. There were physical healings, and there were healings of the person, of, of the inside. Uh, and, and what came to mind when I was thinking about those is the woman at the well. The woman caught in adultery. Little Zacchaeus. There was another one, but it was like a long 12 minutes, so I forgot what it was. But in all these instances, it was, it was an interaction with Jesus and a person. And Jesus said, you know what? I don't care what the world sees. I see you. And I don't see what you think you are, I see what I meant you to be. And I see what you could be. And in those interactions, Jesus gave people hope. He gave them a vision of what their future could look like. He gave them a vision of what their better selves could be. And, and at the end of those interactions, the woman at the well goes away. And she's not seeing herself as the woman at the well who had to come and draw water at the hottest part of the day because she was ashamed of who she was. The woman caught in adultery didn't go away seeing herself as the woman caught in adultery, dragged naked through the streets. Little Zacchaeus didn't see himself as a greedy, self-serving, reviled figure that was widely hated. They saw themselves as a new person. They saw who they could be. They saw who they wanted to become. And how easily all those changes that Jesus wrought, all those changes that occurred because they had a personal, personal interaction with Jesus, all those could have been undone by their failure to change their thinking. If the woman at the well had gone away from her interaction with Jesus thinking, that was amazing, but, but I'm still that woman who used to come and draw water at the hottest part of the day, and that's all I'm ever going to be. If little Zacchaeus had walked away and said, Jesus is remarkable, but, but all I'm ever going to be is a small, petty, greedy man who's just hated by everybody. 
Whatever it is you think you are, whatever it is you think you want to be, they're two distinct things, and one of these will be reality. But you have the possibility to choose. You can decide who you want to be in your life. You can decide who you want to be going forward. See, too often, and I um, can't remember who it was, somebody in this church in like the last 20 years or so gave a fairly nefarious, notorious uh, Sunday message once. Um, ah, whatever. Uh, but he was talking about, you know, even after Jesus, there was him, and then he became a new him. See, when you meet Jesus, you get saved. Jesus says, I found you. I've come to you. I want to draw you out of the world you're living in and draw you into my kingdom. But, but that salvation experience doesn't change us. You can get saved and continue to be the same angry, bitter, sad, broken, judgmental, desperate person you were before Jesus. See, there's two distinct processes. There's the salvation process, which you have nothing to do with. Salvation process occurred on the cross. Salvation process occurred when Jesus said, I give myself on this cross and I take the burden and, and the wage and the payment and the debt of all your sin and I just clean the slate. And then there's a sanctification process. And that's the process by which, with God's help, working in conjunction with the Holy Spirit, we become better. And we become better because it's the process by which we become more like Christ. It's the process by which, day by day, we start to look a little bit more like Jesus and a little bit less like ourselves. And this doesn't happen without our active participation. God wants to bring all of us into, into alignment with the life and the model and the example of Jesus Christ, but he can't do it alone. Because if you don't engage in that process, he cannot change you. I sh the skit guys video. I should have run the skit guys video this morning, right? Whatever. And in order for that process to occur, we have to change our thinking. We have to looking forward going, you know what? I'm not looking at who I used to be. I'm not looking at the mistakes I made. I'm not looking at the wrongs I've done. I'm not looking at, at, at the burdens I carry. I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to who Jesus tells me I can become. And I'm going to work with God to do this. And in order to do it, I have to change the way I think. So I think you get, you have to change the way you think. Because I've said it 743,000 times. And it's cool, yeah, it makes sense. Change the way I think. See the world differently. Think like Jesus. Cool, awesome, great. How? just so happens 
I have an answer for that. Or rather, Paul does, because Paul was a genius. Paul may have been like the third smartest guy, including Jesus. Like Jesus, a um, guy named Dallas Willard, and then like Paul. Not everybody would agree with that. Dallas Willard wouldn't agree with that, but coming from the fourth smartest guy, you know, take my word for it. That was not the moment for the laugh. We have to work on this. Inappro uncomfortable, inappropriate laughter. Get it. All right, in Philippians, Paul tells us, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. If you want to change your mind, if you want to change the way you think, if you want to prepare your mind to accept the reality that pursuit of a Jesus-like lifestyle is possible, that you can become more like Jesus and less like yourself day by day, you have to just, just marinate it. Just fill it with good and righteous and truthful and beautiful things. You want wisdom. There's a whole book called Proverbs just full of it. You want philosophy. Ecclesiastes. You want whatever it is you find in the Song of Songs, you'll find that there. You want some of the most beautiful and uplifting and heartbreaking prayers ever uttered in human existence, go to the Psalms. You want to see what a life of Jesus looked like, go to the Gospels. You want to see the length and breadth and depth of the work that a good and loving God who is looking for you to change you into a better you will do? Look at the length and breadth and depth of Scripture, and in every page you will find God at work trying to bring us to a place where we can say, I want to be a better me. I want to not be what I used to be. I want to be what I look like when my life looks like Jesus. And you know, you're not going to get there filling your face full of Netflix. And admittedly, Netflix has some good stuff. Not as much as they used to. And their offerings have been pretty limited. Not filling your head full of Twitter. Good Lord, Twitter. Not filling your head full of the news and pundits and what the world is trying to tell you. Not filling your head full of the philosophies of whatever it is the guy on the infomercial at 2 o'clock in the morning is trying to sell you. At 2 o'clock in the morning, anything sounds good. For two years in the 90s, I was a fan of today's hot new country music because videos were on at 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, right, I made my point right there. Fill your mind with the things of God. And as you fill your mind with the things of God, as you fill your head with the life and words of Jesus, you'll find that there's less room in there 
for all that other garbage that's floating around in your head. The stuff that comes and, and wants to have a chat with you the second you turn off your light and lay down your head and you want to go to sleep and all that garbage starts floating into your brain. Fill your head with Jesus. There's less room for that. And, as, and it's not going to be pretty. You know, Jesus, God doesn't call us to a life of perfection. Jesus doesn't, doesn't expect that every step we take is going to be awesome and beautiful. It's going to be messy. It's going to be ugly. You ever seen a toddler learning to walk? A lot of our spiritual life is going to look like that. Except toddlers are better at it than we are. Because toddlers, when they fall down, what do they do? They get back up and keep going. And maybe they fall down and they cry a little bit. You ignore them. They'll get up and keep going. Us, we fall down. I'm going to make an effort. I'm going to try. I'm going to try to be new. I'm going to try to be better. And we make an effort and we fall down and we're not successful the first time around. And we sit and we cry and we pout. Oh, well, I guess it's just not meant for me. I guess, I guess whatever I am right now is as good as I'm ever going to be. Or even worse, there's some of us who have become so comfortable with the imperfect version of who we are right now, we have no desire to try to change. Well, I'm just me, and that's the way I am, and that's all I'm ever going to be, and live with it. I love those people. They just make life joyous. Some of those people are right now going, you're not funny. You right now can make the choice starting today. Not because it's a new year, but just because it's a new day. And tomorrow will be a new day. And sure enough, the day after that will be a new day. And on any given day, at any given moment, at any given hour, you can make a choice to say, you know what? I'm tired of who I am. I want to be who Jesus died to make me be. And the heavens will open. And crowds will erupt. And the angels will sing. And you probably won't see any of that. If you do, seek help. But it will be a glorious day in God's kingdom because God will be going, there's one more making their way. There's one more who's heard what I've been calling them to. There's one more who wants to do the hard work. There's one more who just took a step towards making one more Jesus in the world. You bow your heads with me as we close in prayer. Father, we thank you for this beautiful day. We ask you to be with those who uh, couldn't be here for whatever reason. Um, illness, family issues. Um, you know, maybe the, maybe the car just didn't want to cooperate this morning. I understand. I didn't want to cooperate much either. We thank you that we could come and we could gather here. We thank you that you, uh, you had a word to share with us. And we just pray this morning, Father, that um, having come and having listened to your word, 
each one of us for having engaged with you this morning and having, having come to this place of face-to-face interaction with you would leave changed, would leave just a little bit different because we know that you cannot come into the presence of a good and loving God and leave unchanged. May we all take time this week, each day, to begin to change our thought process, to begin to change our minds, to begin to fill our minds with the, the thoughts of God, with your word, your praise, your worship. All these things change us. And as the mind changes, so will the words, so will the actions, so will the attitudes And as our mind changes, the world begins to see what Jesus in this world might look like. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you. May you go from this place to stay committed to seeking out truth, beauty, righteousness, and holiness. Because... We know that as we fill our mind with truth and beauty and righteousness and holiness, there you will be as well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.